Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? And does this smell good? Wolfing down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Lou. Hey boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. Yeah, it is noon on a Tuesday time for uh, Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Tim Ring is in for Wolf right now. Wolf will be back final hour of the show. We are out here broadcasting live from GCU's Championship Golf Course. It's Holiday Heroes benefiting Operation Santa Claus presented by Sanders Ford. You can text DONATE to 620-620 to make a donation. You'll be entered to win autographed sports memorabilia or tickets to some of the most popular events in town. We are giving away something every hour, plus your $20 donation gets you four entries into the drawing to win a Sanderson Ford F-150 Super Crew truck or a Lincoln Corsair. Aaron Maloney is here. Aaron? What's up, guys? What not a much. day. What up? Yeah. The Arizona Cardinals not only fell to the Patriots 27-13 on Monday Night Football, they also lost their franchise quarterback to a non-contact knee injury as Kyler Murray was carted off the field just three plays into the game, and we just learned that Kyler did in fact tear his ACL. Here's Cliff Kingsbury on the Cardinals radio network after the game. Yeah, it's tough. There's no doubt. Um, you see teams go through it every week, but you lose your starter on third play of the game. Um, you know, kind of a deal, non-contact. It's just just tough to watch and see. And um, you got to be able to rebound and uh, continue to play the game, though. When you saw Kyler go down, what was your immediate reaction in your head? Uh, <laughs> I mean, you you. I guess my immediate reaction was like, okay, I feel bad for this guy because he's obviously, I mean, this is terrible. And then your second thought, and it's not too far after that, is like, how much does this impact next year, too? You went into last night, at least me, Tim, thinking like, okay, this season, there's not a whole lot going right this season, but at least it is wrapping up in four weeks. And now it's like, okay, now we have a problem that's going to carry over for nine months. I didn't want to say anything on the postgame show last night, but I, I got to be honest, the way he buckled and went down, that was my first clue. My second clue was the fact that he immediately said something to the Patriot yeah. defender because the Patriot defender immediately summoned for the Cardinal staff to get out there immediately. So I kind of knew that that looked like an ACL. And, Luke, I agree. My initial thoughts immediately went to 2023. Colt McCoy. Oh. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I mean, that because that, that, that's that's really, I mean, 2022 is over. 2022 is over whether or not he got hurt last night or not. So my immediately immediately thought, okay, next year is really screwed now too. Colt McCoy stepped in and threw for 246 yards. So is he ready to be the starter going forward? You know what? Like I've played for a long time, and you always got to be ready. Um, you never want to see the guy in front of you go down. You just don't. And, you know, I've had a lot of opportunities in my career. I've I've gotten injured, so. Um, I'm thankful to be on this team, on this squad, and I love the guys that, that we have. And you know, we've battled injuries all year long, and the guys that are going to go in there, they're going to they're going to fight till the very end. And I don't think there's any more than you can ask for. And I'd be proud to go lead them. So our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com, and it says, assuming Kyler Murray's out for the season, which we did learn just a little bit ago that he will be out for the season, who should the Cardinals start at quarterback? Your choices are Colt McCoy, Trace McSorley, or another quarterback not on the roster. 
well, I mean, it's got to be cold because yeah, I mean, you might on. need them next year. I, I, I you know, I, I, we were doing the, the pre-show stuff, and I wondered, like, okay, are we going to see Trace McSorley at all so they can see what they have? I'm your favorite quarterback. They call me Trace McSorley. I'm just going to say it when we have a guest in here just to see their reaction to that. But you may need Colt for the first month of next season. I mean, he's he's your guy at this point. Colt McCoy is really the epitome of a perfect backup quarterback in this league. He, he doesn't uh, have designs on being a full-time starting quarterback. He's been around the block. He's great in the quarterback room, as we've seen on Hard Knocks. But most importantly, he can step in in a pinch and win you a football game. We've seen him do it. But for now, there's four games left. Of course, Colt McCoy is going to be the quarterback. I, I, I guess in, in, in theory, you could make the case that you could give Trace McSorley a look in the final game of the season. But in the final game of the season, if the 49ers have something to play for, you're not feeding Trace McSorley to that defense. Yeah, no thanks. If I'm Trace McSorley, I'm like, I can no, next year, actually. No, so, so, so E, you know, a guy like McCoy, unless he's getting beat up behind that offensive line and you're concerned for a guy in his mid-30s and his health, and you want him to kind of tap out, even though he probably wouldn't do it himself, McCoy's going to be that guy. The problem is for the Cardinals, real quick, if, if they almost have to approach 2023 as whoever their quarterback is at the beginning. They have to think of him as he's going to be the guy for the entire season, no matter when Kyler Murray is going to come back. And I don't think Colt McCoy is going to be that guy. If there were like a high upside vet out there that's like, ah, maybe we'll take a flyer on him. But, I mean, no, the Baker Mayfield was still available. The quarterback be somebody you'd be looking at? The quarterback next year has to be a Baker Mayfield, Jimmy Garoppolo, Andy Dalton-type guy that you think, okay, this is going to be the guy that we're, we're, going, to, we're going to play until Kyler Murray's ready to go, whenever that is. So 66% say Colt McCoy, 23% say Trace McSorley, 11% say another quarterback not on the roster. So I do want to ask you guys, with Kyler Murray being that dynamic runner, that Murray magic that he always does, how do you think this injury will impact how he is as a quarterback going forward when he's back from injury? That, to me, is is maybe the biggest concern, um, just because it, that's the mental aspect of it. That is the, you know, do I expect him to be able to run his first game back? Nah, probably not. There's going to be some hesitation. And, and you know what? Honestly, Tim, it kind of felt like there was hesitation from Kyler Murray to run even when he was healthy at times, you know? So... I just keep going back to this. I don't view him as a run-first quarterback, but he was the first pick in the draft because he could run in addition to everything else, and it just feels like we're a long way away from seeing that again. Well, I think there was organizational hesitancy for Kyler Murray to be a running quarterback. There were not a lot of design run calls for Kyler Murray. Because he didn't want him to get hit, but he didn't get touched last night, you know? And at the end of the day, Kyler Murray was running with the football and ended up getting hurt as he was trying to get down, ironically, to avoid contact. So only Kyler Murray can answer that question when he gets back on the football field, mental and physical. All right, that was wolfing down your lunch. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, As always, it felt like everything changed last night, so did it? What does Kyler Murray's injury mean for the Cardinals going forward? It's Wolf and Luke. Tim Ring in for Wolf on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Broadcasting live from Grand Canyon University Golf Course. This is Arizona Sports Holiday Heroes, presented by Sanderson Ford, benefiting Operation Santa Claus. The Wolf and Luke Show at Holiday Heroes, presented by Moving Team 6. 
It is Wolf and Luke. Tim Ring is in for Wolf right now. Drew Klopinski here with you, reminding you that you can text DONATE to 620-620. Make a donation. Minimum of $20 enters you to win some autographed sports memorabilia or tickets to some of the most popular events in town. We've already given away a couple things on this show, Tim. We're giving away something every hour all throughout uh, the day. Burns again, but we'll be doing it too. And the reason why is because it's Holiday Heroes benefiting Operation Santa Claus presented by Sanderson Ford, and that is why we are broadcasting live from GCU's championship golf course. You know, I did misspeak going to the break earlier when I said I've never golfed. It's not true. I've golfed three times, okay? Yep. Have you broken 150? Uh, who knows? Uh, the, the very first time <laughs> off the tee, I drove the ball off the wall of somebody's house. Okay. At, least, at least it wasn't through somebody's window. No. <laughs> uh, but the, actually, the second time I went, I missed a hole in one by like a foot. And Get out. That's big. That's but there's a reason a video I haven't where it never See, that, No, well, I didn't go in. That's the golfing gods wanting you to come back and spend more money on no, the game. Because I came back the third time and it was 180 degrees out and it just wasn't. It's like golf. when you hit blackjack on your first trip to Vegas, <laughs> your first trip to the table. <laughs> oh, this is great! It's so easy. I think everybody the first time they went to Vegas won the first time they did whatever they did. <laughs> the gambling gods and the golfing gods are your friend, my friend. Hey, we'll get you. All right, uh, Tim Ring is here. Tim, you know, just <laughs> looking during the break. Hey, maybe there is some amazing free agent out there, the quarterback that you should be looking at. Better than Andy Dalton? There is not. Well, I'm, I'm looking at guys that are just out there right now. Like, if you wanted, because Colt McCoy is your guy for the rest of the season. The only way that's really even a conversation is, honestly, if this were a week ago and Baker Mayfield was out there, would you say you bring him in, you might need him at the start of next year. He obviously gets along well with Kyler, all that stuff. Uh, but it's clearly Colt. And I'm just looking at guys that are available, and you don't even want to hear these names. They will depress you. Are you talking about, like, right now? Right or? now. Why would you? Well, if there were somebody now, you would rather get him in here now for next year. Uh, all this is is just reiterating that it's Colt McCoy, which is fine. If I it's guess. the first month of next year, Colt McCoy is fine. I would be shocked if they brought somebody in for these final They're four not games. I, that, but, 100% but, but, not going But hu- humor me. Go ahead. No, I'm not going to even give you these names. No. I'm going to look next break. At, at, There's no humor? Uh, this was just <laughs> going back. <laughs> it was something you said last segment where you said, well, we're already screwed for next year. And I was like, okay, so is it definitely Colt McCoy the rest of this year, or do you need to get out in front no, of this? I mean, when I is. say screwed, I mean in terms of Kyler Murray. I mean, it's like, it, 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 again, we can hope for the best. Like I said, I gave you a very rosy picture earlier in the show. Maybe he's maybe he's out exactly nine months. He's back Sunday, October first. He misses three games. The Cardinals are two and one, and away we go. They got a refortified roster. Like everybody's it. everybody's You're healthy. My language Rodney right Hudson is back. He's healthy. All right, you've, you've gone. <laughs> okay, let's not get crazy calm down. here. Just calm down. Tim. Let's just say half of the roster is back. You know, Wolf and I were talking about this before. If you go with the starting lineup on offense this year. They've all missed time, except Kelvin Beecham. All of them. And most of them have missed significant time, too. And by the end of the season, Kyler Murray's going to have missed what he's already missed. three. He's going to have missed half the season, basically. Yeah. And that's your starting quarterback, 80% of your offensive line. DeAndre Hopkins missed six games. Hollywood Brown missed a chunk. Rondale Moore is currently missing time. Zach Ertz is already done for the year. We you gotta, talked you about worry it. about him for next year, too. We talked about it. It's, it's, it's not the only reason. For what's spelled the Cardinals this year, when you write the book of the 2022 Cardinals, injuries are a chapter. Yeah. There are other chapters, though, that need to be told. Didn't you make that analogy Written. yesterday? Yeah. Before so we, all this? Yes, exactly right. The chapter just got a lot thicker. Yep. It's a big chapter. Uh, here's now chapter two instead of chapter four. <laughs> it's DeAndre Hopkins after the game talking about Kyler Murray going down. Oh, it hurt. 
know, Kyle put a lot into this. You know, he's been preparing his butt off to get back after the hamstring. So for that to happen, uh, you know, I hate that for him. But uh, I know he'll recover and get back to himself. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury after the game, and again, Cliff will join us at 145, as he does after every Cardinals game today. But after the game last night, he talked about the emotional toll that Kyler injury takes on the entire team. Yeah, it's tough. There's no doubt. Um, you see teams go through it every week, but you lose your starter on third play of the game. Um, you know, kind of a deal, non-contact. It's just, just tough to watch and see, and um, you got to be able to rebound and uh, continue to play the game, though. I, I actually thought, cons- all things considered, Tim, that they did rebound in that first half. When you consider, and you and I talked about this yesterday, you're coming off a you're coming off the bye week, and you were basically eliminated from the playoffs in dramatic fashion before the bye week, and you come out and you okay, here we go, we're we're gonna we're gonna play, we're gonna, to the best of our ability, we're gonna play with what we have left, and then Kyler Murray goes down in the third play, and I know we just got the official word from Ian Rappaport of the official report, I guess. That, that it's a torn ACL, but everybody knew in that moment. And I don't think anybody was watching the game like, oh, maybe he comes back. So to to have that, I thought they responded well the rest of the first half, and then Luke that, just that, got away in the that, second half. Well, that 10-yard touchdown run by James Conner with just under three to play, I mean, they they go up 13-7. I, you know, they, they, they got a chance to go up 16-7 at the end of the first half, 30 30 Six seconds left, I think, to go. They're facing a fourth and one. They got a 50-yard field goal, and their coach decides to go for it. I mean, I I don't understand it. I I don't get it. They got no timeouts. So even making the case where maybe we want to try to stick the ball in the end zone there because we're a 4-8 and football team, I I don't get it. I don't care if Matt Prater missed an earlier field goal. I mean, unless Matt Prater went up to Cliff Kingsbury and said, Coach, I'm not good beyond 45 tonight. It should be a weird thing for a kicker to of say. Of course. And when Cliff was asked about it, and, and Cliff said that, or he didn't say that that happened. Uh, Kurt Warner was was beside himself on the on the, the national radio broadcast about how do you not kick the field goal there, Troy Aikman. I, I mean, national media, Rich Eisen couldn't believe it. I mean, I just like the, the people. I, I I was beside. I don't understand how you don't kick the field goal there. It's just it's just simple situational football. It's football one on one, especially because it's a game where the Patriots th- go up sixteen seven, and then you 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 don't get it. And I I, I don't want to hear about well, just execute the play. I mean, it's not just sometimes the defense makes a play. Sometimes you don't get it. You got a chance to kick the field goal there. Well, I liked, got, I liked the play call. I, I I don't like I don't like going for it on fourth down unless there is a direct reward. And to me, the reward would have been like you said, we got to hurry because we're running out of time. We got no they got no timeouts. It's not like you were getting. It's not like you were at the one, and it's like okay, we're either getting the touchdown right. or the field goal. It's Situational like, football, Luke. You just probably, take the three points. You probably would have kicked the field goal again at the end of the half. And you know what I mean? Like even if you get the first down, you're probably just kicking a field goal from eight yards closer. Exactly. And, and by going for it, if you don't get it, you don't get any points. So you got one of the best kickers in the history of the league kick the field goal. Doesn't I mean, it's ridiculous. Good? And then you then you give the Patriots the opportunity to make a couple plays, and they kick the field does, goal. Doesn't it feel good to be talking about the misery of the actual game right now as opposed to the misery of Kyler Murray? Being oh, hurt? it's all miserable. But it, there's different levels to it. This <laughs> this is like old school. Like this is old school. Ago. Like, what are we doing? We yeah. don't know what we're doing on the sidelines. <laughs> why, why are we, why are we not getting This is like goal? good old-fashioned week 12 stuff. Yeah, that's Those were the days, weren't they? Uh, Here's Colt McCoy after the game talking about Kyler going down. Tough, right? I mean, you never want to see that happen to anybody. Um, 
Yeah, uh, well, that was my original point before we got into that whole tirade on the uh, on the field goal or going for it. Was I, I did think they they played about as well as you could hope, just in terms of having emotion in the first half. But <laughs> I tell you, I was watching the first half, and Tim, I kept thinking you and I doing the show yesterday, and, and just the thought of like all these Patriots fans and Patriots media talking about how bad the Patriots are. Oh, the offense is such a mess. How are we going to endure this? And my default with Patriots fans is always like, how many Super Bowls have you won in the last 15 years? Calm down. Is it really that bad? Watching the first half last night, I was like, yeah, this Patriots team isn't very good on offense. As long as the Cardinals don't give them an in, they can steal this game. And then they they gave them multiple ins because it's, it's not fair to say it was just that fourth down call. It was the DeAndre Hopkins fumble. Well, there was a couple turnovers through through the air. Like it's just well turnovers. I mean, Hollywood, Hollywood Brown's got an opportunity to make a catch on fourth down. He drops the ball. Yeah, he had a dive, but I think Hollywood would be the first one to tell you you got to make that catch. He's an NFL receiver. It was right through his hands. As much as as much as you hate the the going for it on fourth down, Colt McCoy's got to complete that pass. It was right there. It was a five yard pass to to Trey McBride. Like the play call was good. It was right there. They just yeah, didn't, they and, didn't do it. And then DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, zero interest in ball security. It leads to a touchdown. I mean, you just can't make those kind of plays. And then, it, I mean, go on and on and on. I mean, the pre-snap penalties. I mean, your 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 Pro Bowl, All Pro caliber wide receivers can't you know get get set before the snap. I mean, Troy Aikman's out there going. I think this is still professional football. Oh, Troy was not kind to uh, the Cardinals. Last I mean, night. But to, uh, candidly, they deserved it. Yeah. AJ Green's stepping out of bounds. I mean, these are veteran, All Pro at times caliber guys. And they're and they're playing like that. I mean, it's just you know the again, hey, good old fashioned week twelve criticisms. Yeah, as opposed to Kyler Murray going down for perhaps nine to ten months. Kind of felt good second guessing stuff that has just happened, as opposed to trying to figure out the future. That's uh, that's where we are this season. My oh my, uh, we are also out here at the GCU uh, Championship Golf Course. It is Holiday Heroes benefiting Operation Santa Claus, presented by Sanderson Ford. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty right now. When we come back, Holiday Heroes benefiting Operation Santa Claus continues. It's Wolf and Luke. Tim ring in for Wolf on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. This is Arizona Sports Holiday Heroes, presented by Sanderson Ford, benefiting Operation Santa Claus. The Wolf and Luke Show at Holiday Heroes, presented by Moving Team 6. All right, it is Wolf and Luke. We are out here at GCU's Championship Golf Course, except Wolf's not here. Tim Ring's here, but Wolf was here, and Wolf will later be here. He's coming back. Kind of. He's going to come back. back Yeah, he'll he'll be broadcasting from Cardinals later, and we'll talk to Cliff Kingsbury because it is. He's in the Wolfmobile, making his way to the facility. Text donate the Wolfmobile. It's like the Batmobile, except the Wolf. Text donate to 62620. You can make a donation. If it's uh, $20 minimum, you'll be entered to win autographed sports memorabilia memorabilia or tickets to some of the most popular events in town. How many times have I said memorabilia today? You'd think apparently too many. We're giving away one great prize per hour, and we have haven't done it yet this hour, so that's going to be soon. Plus, your $20 donation gets you four entries into the drawing to win a Sanderson Ford F-150 Super Crew Truck or Lincoln Course Air. Right now, though, we are going to turn our attention to Addie Mocha, the Community Relations and Volunteer Coordinator at Southwest Autism Research and Resource Center. SARC is, is how a lot of people know it. Addie, how are you doing? Good. That's a mouthful, isn't it? I Southwest see. Autism Research That's why we stick with SARC. That's why we say SARC. For radio purposes, it is SARC. From now on, it's SARC. Uh, all right, what can you tell us about uh, the involvement here with Holiday Heroes? Wow. Well, 
It's been uh, 20 years for Sark um, doing Operation Santa Claus with Sanderson Ford. I've been there 19 of it, so pretty much since the beginning. And so you can tell us everything. Uh, man, I'll, I'll tell you, it is the most fun unbelievably helpful, wonderful feeling event there is. Uh, because it's not just about each charity and the people at the church. It's the whole community. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like like Sark, I know people think, oh, we're helping families at Sark. No, we're helping families with DDD and Southwest Human Development and Child Crisis Center and the, the community at large. So when we have, you know, 300 families and 1,000 children, we're helping it's all over. And how are we helping them? Because the community is bringing all this Christmas to Sanderson Ford, we are just the messengers that get it, pack it, deliver, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then you've got, you know, man doing it and, you know, everybody else, you know, Special Olympics, so and so on. So it's awesome. And Addie, it's the 25th anniversary overall for SARC. And just to reiterate, SARC is the Southwest Autism Research and Resource Center. Tell us a little bit about SARC and the work you guys do. Correct. 25 years. How about that, How great huh? is that? How great is that? 1997. Right. Um, it, it's amazing. I mean, it, back in 1997, they were not, there was no help. And so Denise Resnick and Dr. Ron Melmet, our co-founders, started SARC and started the help. And look where we are with five campuses and over 200 oh employees, you know, helping everywhere. Our goal in 2030 to be within reach of everybody in Arizona, okay, to have a school. So the, the thing about SARC is it says, you know, we help for a lifetime of support for a family of uh, an individual with autism. And that's the difference. You see, I mean, you, you can get a diagnosis, you know, from our research team at 18 months or at 42, or you have a 22-year-old that you just figured out has autism and now he needs a job. It doesn't matter. You know, we're there, whether it's the 18-month-old, whether it's the, the teen, which we have community works programs, or whether it's the um, adult, the 22-year-old who just graduated, and now he needs a job and employment services. And Denise has opened uh, five years ago the um, First Place AZ, which is uh, independent living, not just for um, autistic adults, but for other disabilities. And it's just unbelievable I mean, when you think about what we have to offer. And then you continue to do research while it's also a lifetime Correct. Huge. Resource Dr. Center. Dr. Chris Smith is amazing. He heads our, our research team. And the clinical trials, the pharmaceutical trials, the diagnosis, what he does with the NOTA app that he innovated, it's just amazing. And, I mean, he's nationally known for this. This is unbelievable. In fact, Phoenix is called the most autism-friendly city in America. And there's reasons for that, because we have the resources, and we've worked hard at it. In fact, tonight on PBS, um, it, it, In a Different Key is a book that uh, Karen Zirka wrote when she was traveling the country to find what do cities have to offer for autism. And when she came to Phoenix, she couldn't believe it. So that's airing tonight at 8 o'clock on PBS. I mean, it tells okay. the story. Nice. It's it's amazing story. That I guess you, you kind of got into it right there, but I mean the the combination of providing services for a lifetime, like you said. So that that's already I mean that for most organizations that would be plenty, but to have that combination with the research, I imagine those two things are unique, but also play off each other pretty well. Well, you know, actually, when Sark responded, it was uh, one hour. 
It was the Southwest Autism Research Center because it was founded based on the research because that's the most important thing. And then we realized, okay, what people need help now. So resource began and then the school and so on and all began. But the thing is what Dr. Chris Smith has done is has gone above and beyond and innovated things and tried things and reached out. I mean, to the point where he said he's nationally known. And what we have come to find out and how far we've come in the research is unbelievable. And he's a huge part of that. What about trying to reach out with people in the community? Events like, like this, Addy, but people who maybe not are personally impacted by autism, but yet Sark wants to reach out and try to connect to try to form that bond and to try to make sure that that people that want to get involved can get involved. But we are everywhere. <laughs> I mean, I, I cannot even tell you how many events and um, th- what we go out and reach out to the community. I mean, we're they know us, okay? Not just in events, but the agency fairs and the corporations and just even in the volunteer things that we do to bring in um, the schools, the BTCs, NCLs, the corporations, you know, what they, I mean, we are everywhere in this community. Well, Addy, we appreciate everything you guys do. We appreciate everything you've done. We just said 19 years, so you got to at least get to 20, yeah. or maybe 50. That's another <laughs> we'll round s- number. We'll see, Luke. <laughs> but we appreciate you, you stopping by and, and, uh, and, and educating us on some of this, too, and just we, everything you're doing with uh, with Holiday Heroes, too. Thank you very much. Thank you. You bet. Appreciate Let it. us know if you need anything else. You bet. All Thank right. You. That is Addy Mocha, the Community Relations and Volunteer Coordinator at SARC. And, uh, Tim, we've got, I know you're going to leave here because Wolf's coming in, but. Uh, oh, great. We, thanks. I just get kicked yeah, the curb. Get out of here. You got to take, you took Wolf's lunch he left here, so that was something. <laughs> he gave it to me. Wolf doesn't eat. Everybody knows that. Um, I got some stuff to give away, though, because I keep saying I'm going to give stuff away, and we've already given away on this show a DeAndre Ayton autographed basketball, a Cattell Marte autographed baseball, a Carson Kelly autographed bat. So what we're going to give away right now, Tim, All right. is a we're going to give away glass seats to the Coyotes-Kings game on December 23rd. Seats on the glass? Seats on the glass. That is huge at Mullet. And a Clayton Keller autographed jersey. Clayton Keller's having a pretty good year coming off his uh, first career hat trick. I saw that, yes. Yes. So we're going to give those away right now to... Timothy Schoenman. Timothy Schoenman just won a Clayton Keller autographed jersey and glass seats, four glass seats, I believe. Yeah, four for Coyotes Kings on December 23rd at Mullet Arena. So congratulations there, Timothy. Timothy. And four seats you. on the glass at Mullet. That's got to be worth 5000 bucks. A million. Uh, not only does Timothy... <laughs> He, he gets that, but anybody who's uh, who's donating the twenty dollars or more gets uh, gets their four entries into the drawing to win a Sanderson Ford F one fifty Super Crew truck or a Lincoln Corsair. You got all day to do this, and we're going to be giving away. We still have another hour to give away stuff, and Burns and Gambo are going to give away things as well. We got some uh, some Cardinal stuff coming up here. Uh, all right, when we come back, I wasn't joking. Tim's actually uh, leaving, and um, I got to drive all the way home now. Came all the way out to GCU. Maybe I'm going to play golf. I enjoy. Oh, are you? Going to golf? Yeah, no. <laughs> the 2022 college football playoff semifinal is coming to State Farm Stadium on December 31st, featuring number two Michigan and number three TCU as they square off for the first time ever in the Verbo Fiesta Bowl. Head to the contest page now on ArizonaSports.com for your chance to win a pair of tickets. When we come back, what do the Suns have to do to get back on track tonight? We're going to ask their broadcaster for Bally Sports, Kevin Ray. Next, it's game day with K Ray on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Catch it in from the corner. Wolf and Luke. Brings the boom. And catch it. 
and bodies on his way to the rack. Sons, game day with K Ray. I'm ready for whatever. I'm ready for whatever. All right, there is basketball going on tonight. It's been a heavy football day, certainly, with uh, with the news coming out of Monday Night Football last night. But the uh, Phoenix Suns are looking to get back on track tonight. Wolf, by the way, is back. And, uh, Wolf, have you ever done a show where you did the beginning and the end, but not the middle? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> this is really weird, Luke. <laughs> Especially sitting here right now and wondering, where's Luke? Because <laughs> now I'm just sitting at, uh, at GCU, yes. and you're gone and Tim's gone. But I can hear you. <laughs> and uh, Kevin Ray, I believe, is listening to this whole conversation as well. He's on the Arizona Sports Line. What's going on, Kay? Wolf is no donut hole, is, is what we're finding out. <laughs> Kev, it's just so weird, man. How are you doing, brother? I'm doing all right, boys. I'm doing all right. Uh, it is game day with K Ray, the Suns in Houston tonight. This is our first chance to talk to you, K, since the couple games against New Orleans on Friday and Sunday. So let's start there. The uh, the Suns were not at full strength, especially on Sunday. I actually liked their effort on Sunday. To be fair, New Orleans not at full strength either. Uh, but that's a team that I think you're going to see in the playoffs. Can how much can you take from those two games, considering what happened, but also who was out on both sides? I mean, look, you you can take plenty. Um, You know, Book played on Friday, uh, clearly did not play to Booker standards. And I think we now have a pretty clear-cut reason um, as to maybe why those offensive struggles from Book, you know, led up to his not playing. Um, You know, because when you looked at his, his shot making or lack thereof in the previous three games, you know, he, he just wasn't getting any lift. And that speaks to a hamstring. Um, now, look, I'm sure he would tell you that, you know, that that, that isn't the only reason uh, every player goes through slumps. But, uh, you know, back to your question on, on New Orleans. Uh, look, guys, we, we've talked about them uh, last year in the postseason, uh, talked about them early in the season. This team is going to be a problem, and it all starts with that beast that is out on the wing, up at the top of the key in the low post, Zion Williamson, because he is in shape, mm-hmm. and more than anything, he looks like a guy who, you know, like he, he loves basketball, like he loves playing basketball. Those were all the things that were called into question you know, while he was sidelined, does the kid really want to play basketball? Or is he just content with, you know, eating his way through his, you know, his rookie deal? But he got signed to an extension, got himself in shape, and that is a team of young studs, not just Zion. Uh, and as you pointed out, Brandon Ingram didn't play. Herb Jones, who, oh, by the way, their best defender, yeah. did not play. So that's a team that's going to be a problem both now and in the future. Okay, of the four losses they suffered in a row, um, was there one that bothered you more than another? Uh, you know, I guess maybe the maybe the Boston loss, just because the the way they lost, right? Um, you know, as we discussed, this this kind of funk started with. The team they're facing tonight in Houston. You know, they they had two double digit leads, one of which was a 16 point lead in the third quarter. Um, could not corral Jalen Green, 
who has become a an issue for lots of teams. Just ask the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, but their their defensive breakdowns, uh, you know, I thought started showing up in that game, and they carried over. And then both in the loss to to Dallas and and Boston, just kind of the the lack of physicality and maybe the response in the opposition's physicality. So, you know, I felt like, okay, they, they let Dallas kind of bully him around a little bit. So Boston's coming to town. Surely we'll see them come out with that steely resolve and physicality. And we didn't see it. And we, we saw a team, uh, at least for me, that, you know, that had their shoulders kind of dropped and slumped. And, um, you know, they just never – matched anything that Boston brought to them. Uh, now, I thought they did a, a better job on Friday night. But that being said, I, I don't think that they really and truly understand just how bitter that New Orleans team was and is over getting sent home last year. Yeah, And you know this, Wolf, from playing. It's like I understand that the, the, the Suns, you know, don't view. I mean, it's a regular season game. They don't. They don't view it with that same, I guess, intensity. Uh, and maybe intensity is not the right word, but don't view it with the same magnitude that New Orleans does. Like Jose Alvarado said, like we want to beat them every time we face them because they sent us home. Yeah. You heard Zion Williamson say the same thing, and the Suns just were never able to wrap their head around that idea and the fact that they needed. To, to kind of match that as best they could. And uh, unable to do so Friday night. But like you said, Luke, I thought their effort was, was there Sunday. Uh, just a, a few plays here and there, uh, just unable to, you know, to seal the deal. And that's been one of the differences, guys, this year is, is you know, the, they were the, the kings of clutch last year. They're 4-7 and seven so far in clutch games this year after going 33-9 and nine last year. And, and, you know, games within five in the last five minutes. Talking to Kevin Ray of Valley Sports, it is game day with Kay Ray. And Kay, you mentioned that this funk that they're in, they've dropped five of six. The one win was over San Antonio. Really started on December 2nd with that loss at home to Houston, who is not a good team. They have some talented pieces, but that's a team the Suns should beat really every time they play them. And yet here we are tonight, and the Suns are even more beat up uh, in the sense that Devin Booker's gone. I mean, I guess Chris Paul back. But um, what do you expect to see from this team tonight? Just setting aside you know, who they played last Last week and and how bad the losses were, but just the simple fact that this team has lost four in a row for the first time since March of 2020. Yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm hoping we see a team that, that brings some carryover from uh, the game at New Orleans. Um, they, you know, they had had a good shoot around this morning. Uh, you know, I I expect. A, a stronger performance from DeAndre Ayton in this game than what we saw in that meeting against the, the Rockets uh, that saw Houston with the win because DA was a non-factor in that game due to, to foul trouble. Uh, he's been playing well of late. You know, had, I thought he had two really strong performances there in New Orleans. So, you know, with Book out, he's he's got to continue to you know to be a beast. And I think what, what I really am hoping to see is, is seeing this team getting back to, you know, those little details, especially on the defensive end. Um, there were too many drives to the basket. And this is a team, as we saw in that comeback by Houston, Jalen Green loves to attack the basket. So their perimeter defense is going to have to be on point. And then there's got to be talk on the back end of the defense 
you know, to to keep them from getting right to the rim. So that's what I'm hopeful of seeing. Uh, but then also, you know, executing at a uh, at a high rate uh, on the offensive end. It, it's a it's a Rockets defense that's been, you know, they're rated 28th on the season. But over the last 10 games, uh, they've taken significant steps in coming off of holding uh, Milwaukee uh, to an opponent's season low 92 points. So uh, they've won four straight at home, and six of their eight wins have come against teams, you know, uh, above 500 who went playoff teams last year: Suns, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, among them. You know, Kay, it's so odd because um, when I think of the Suns, especially over these four consecutive losses, I think of their defense, and I wonder where their defense is. I wonder where their toughness is, their physicality, I, all of that. I wonder where their culture is. And when I think of culture last year, I, I think a lot of it had to do with Jay Crowder. Um, am I giving him too much credit, Kay? Uh, I mean, look, give, give him credit, yes, but I, I don't want to heap all the, the culture on the shoulders of, of Jay Crowder. And look, taking nothing away from Jay, I, I love Jay for what he brought mm-hmm. to this team. But there, there, were, there are plenty of other guys, you know, who, who bought into and have helped establish and lay the foundation of this culture. I, I think what you're really what you're referring to, Wolf, is just that that guy with an edge that that guy with the physicality and and yeah. not that Jay was a bully but look he he brought something to the floor that right now frankly there's nobody on the Suns roster that we've got like that um and so maybe that's the part of embodying the culture that you're referring to um but guys are going to have to find a way to get around that you know Monty Williams had had said before they got to New Orleans, like, we've got to start stacking solid on top of solid versus stacking sloppy on top of sloppy. And and that's what he felt before the two games in New Orleans uh, that the team had done. So we saw more solid stacking on Sunday. But, uh, look, it, it, it's why I said coming into this season, uh, last year was a great ride, 64 wins. Everybody obviously was stung and, and upset and, and bitter over the postseason loss. But, uh, again, Wolf, you know this, man. Every season is different. Every season presents different challenges. And, and this team and their fan base, um, and I'll say their fan base because I've seen plenty of comments on Twitter, and, you know, you're either a fan or you're not a fan, and you can't just be there for the good times. And, you know, you, you got to kind of step back and remember everything you want is on the other side of hard. Well, guess what? Hard has returned. You know, hard doesn't go away permanently. So hard has returned, and we're going to find out, you know, what this team is about and what this fan base is about. If they're really behind this club, um, it's it's a much bumpier ride than we saw last season. But look at the Boston Celtics last year. They were two games below 500, you know, at the at the turn of the calendar year, and they got to the finals. So it is a long season, folks. So, you know, t- take a step back from the edge of the bridge, and uh, everything will be okay. Got Suns Rockets from Houston tonight at 6. Kevin Ray, great stuff as always, man. Thank you. 
All right, boys. Take care. Thank you, Kay. It's Kevin Ray of Valley Sports right there with Game Day with Kay Ray as the Suns get set to uh, try and turn things around a little bit here after the way uh, last week was just uh, pretty much awful across the board. Uh, all right, when we come back, what's next for the Cardinals after what happens to Kyler Murray and their uh, their their score last night at State Farm Stadium? We're going to ask Dave Burns. Burns and Gamble will join us next for a little crosstalk. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.